welcome to Red Wine Reads, a community of book lovers talking about our favorite and not so favorite books while pouring a glass or two of wine. I'm your host, Jenna Miller. Thank you so much for joining me today on this Small Sips episode. Small Sips is a 10 minute episode where I deep dive any book related topic. So on today's episode, I am deep diving the tall, dark, and handsome stereotype character trait uh, that makes us think that someone is automatically more attractive. So without further ado, let's pull some corks and get reading. this idea for this small sips episode when I was watching Love Island and you know the majority of these women coming on the show just say they want someone tall dark and handsome and then you start looking a little bit deeper and you know Pride and Prejudice we have Mr. Darcy who is also tall dark and handsome and you have and you have a book like Portrait of a Scotsman by Evie Dunmore that one also has a main male character in a heterosexual relationship that is tall dark and handsome and we supposedly find them more attractive so I wanted to ask myself, what is the science behind all this? And really, how did it make its way into mainstream media, into our pop culture? So, let's buckle in for this wild ride. Now, most of this research that goes into this topic is done surrounding heterosexual women and and what they find attractive. So, unfortunately, some other relationships get left out of this research. So, I just wanted to preface that because I know that not all relationships are included in this research, but... This is just looking at that tall, dark, and handsome stare, you know, character and how it made its way into mainstream media. So let's start with how this character trait began. So pulp fiction novels introduced this character early in the 1900s, um, and pulp fiction is not only a great movie, but it's also a genre of racy, action-based stories that were published in these cheap printed magazines. Um, around 1900 to 1950s was when they were really popular, and they got its name from the type of paper it was printed on, so pulp fiction. Now, they first, you know, introduced that tall, dark, and handsome character that women were fawning over, that they were finding attractive, that they were having sexual relationships with, and we can really trace these descriptive words back to a 1941 film that made its way into mainstream media, which was called Tall, Dark, and Handsome. And it centered around a slick-haired Chicago gangster that all the neighbor, all the ladies in the neighborhood couldn't help but love. You know, the troubled character, kind of rough around the edges, but still had a heart of gold, that type of, that type of uh, character. This was also around the time uh, that produced cinema heartthrobs such as Cary Grant, Clark Gable, which both actors had dark, dark hair. They had perfectly tanned skin. They were also over six feet tall. Cary Grant was 6'2", Clark Gable was 6'1". So there you go, your tall, dark, and handsome men on TV. That's what people were seeing. Now, like I mentioned at the top of this episode, most of this research centers around what heterosexual women find attractive. And it's not really cross-cultural either. So it's mostly just white heterosexual women and what they find attractive. So in most cases, you know, they said that they preferred the kind of that Goldilocks type masculine look, meaning men should be strong, but not too many muscles. They shouldn't be too bulky, um, but they should be strong. And they should be tall, but they shouldn't be, you know, basketball player tall. They shouldn't be over you know, a certain height, but they also shouldn't be under a certain height. Um, And then they should be lean, but they shouldn't be too skinny. 
So yes, these impossible beauty standards have also been placed on men as well as women. We can look at uh, today's examples of these tall, dark, and handsome characters by looking at Riz Ahmed, he was in Sound of Metal, Noah Centineo, who was in all, To All the Boys I've Loved Before, you have George Clooney, you have Jacob Elordi from Euphoria, you have Jason Momoa from Aquaman and Dune, and then you have Brad Pitt, uh, just your quintessential hot actor. <laughs> As I was doing research for this, I also realized that you know, your so-called hotness can be based on three things, um, which is symmetry, averageness, and secondary sexual characteristics. So what that means, symmetry is just the extent that one half of your face mirrors the other. To help with this, you can think of that TikTok trend that was going around where people were flipping their faces back and forth to see how symmetrical their face was. If you're looking at this research, technically, the more symmetrical your face is, the hotter you are. I am no scientist, so I don't really know the complete scientific reasoning behind this, but if your face is more symmetrical, you may be considered more hot, in quotation marks, according to societal standards. Averageness is really just the degree of which your face resembles the general population. So, you know, the more average, so to say, you look, the more hot you will appear, just because people like to see what they are used to seeing. And now these secondary sexual characteristics are just the physical traits that differentiate males and females that have nothing to do with your reproductive organs. Sharp jaw lines that you're looking for in men versus your defined cheekbones that you're looking for in women, uh, your broad shoulders that you're looking for in men versus the small waist that you're looking for in women. So if, if you fit those so-called masculine traits, then that will contribute to your hotness, again, according to societal standards. And this is all based on how society has been taught to view hotness and view who is hot and who is not. Now, this is nothing to do with your personal preferences, and this is nothing to do with if attractiveness is linked with worth because that is definitely not it (laughs) but this is just this is just scientifically what makes a person supposedly more attractive than other people now another big thing that has to do with attraction is proximity so if you are seeing a bunch of actors on the screen who are tall dark handsome if they look like brad pitt if they look like then you're probably going to think okay that is who is portrayed as attractive in this in this movie, in this show. So that's who I should be attracted to. It's all on the subconscious level. So the more men that we put on the screen that look like that, the more society will deem that as attractive, as a hot, as who you want to be attracted to. Really, at the end of the day, our tall, dark, and handsome stereotypes still make their way onto our TV screens and our movie screens and into our romance novels Does that automatically mean that that is the most attractive human on the face of this planet? Absolutely not, because there is no set in stone rule on what makes someone about how you feel about someone because it comes down to who you find attractive personally. So, you know, love who you love, fawn over who you want to fawn over, drool over who you think is really hot. But does it have to be a tall, dark, and handsome male? Absolutely not. I would love to come back to this topic in 50 years and see if anything has shifted from that because what society deems as attractive and so-called hot 
has been changing for many, many years and will probably change again. So let's see what our new uh, tall, dark, and handsome character trait will be in 50 years. Any guesses? So I want to give a huge thanks to uh, the inverse article that I got most of this information from called The Science of Tall, Dark, and Handsome is Extremely Complicated. If you want to read that full article, I will link it in our show notes. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Red Wine Reads. If you like the show, then please go give it five stars on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you're listening to this. If you want more book-related content or you want to recommend a book for us to read next or you want to recommend a topic for me to deep dive next on our next Small Sips episode, then you can find us on Instagram and TikTok at rwreadspodcast. Again, that's at r-w-r-e-a-d-s-p-o-d-c-a-s-t. Make sure you hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode because next Monday, Sierra and I will be discussing the book The Lost Apothecary by Sarah Penner. It will be a really fun conversation, so you won't want to miss it. Until next week, keep your books open and your drink glasses full. Thanks all. Thank you.